What's up and how are you? This is Sean Neville's podcast host for the Shape America podcast and the Shape America 2021 convention has gone virtual and it's our pleasure to have you join us Tuesday, April 13th through Saturday, April 17th for the same quality professional learning, networking opportunities and the chance to kick back and have fun from the comfort of your office or at home. Join us for five days of fun as you hear from our guest speakers and witness some of the best professional development our industry has to offer from the best in the field and also several engagement opportunities, including wellness sessions, coffee talks, and lunch and learns. Register now and let's make the 2021 Shape America Virtual Convention one you won't forget. Thanks for listening and enjoy this episode of the Shape America podcast starting now. What's up and how are you? This is Sean Neville, host for the Shape America podcast, and it is February, which means it's Black History Month. So let me start with a quick history lesson taken from history.com. The story of Black History Month starts in 1915, 50 years after Congress voted to ratify the 13th Amendment, which legally abolished slavery. Harvard historian Carter G. Woodson and Minister Jesse E. Moreland founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History an organization dedicated to researching and promoting achievements by Black Americans and other peoples of African descent. The group sponsored a National Negro History Week in 1926, choosing the second week of February to coincide with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. In the decades to follow, the recognition of Negro History Week spread across the country, reaching local schools and communities. By the civil rights era of the 1960s, Negro History Week expanded into a full month of recognition on college campuses. And then in 1976, President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History Month, calling on the public to, quote, seize the opportunity to honor the two often neglected accomplishments of Black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. So my ask, as you take in that quick history lesson, is to not only observe Black History Month for the names and events that usher change and justice, but to take this month and the months after to evaluate what it is you are doing in your professional space and personal life to make sure that all ideas, values, and cultures are represented. Thank you. And now on that note, I have with me a familiar name in the SHAPE community in the health and physical education space, physical education teacher from Kentucky, LaDonda Porter. Coach, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for that amazing introduction. I'm over here hype. Hey, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we got a champion in the room in this cause. So I'm, I'm, I am fortunate to have LaDonda a part of the podcast, uh, you know, for this episode and just to talk about some great stuff you're doing. But uh, just to kind of introduce you a little bit more, uh, LaDonda, let me, let me kind of run down a, a checklist here. I have intramurals coordinator, athletic director, track coach, Kentucky Shape member, 2018 State Middle School Teacher of the Year, and 2020 Southern District Middle School Teacher of the Year. LaDonna, did I miss anything? Uh, I coach a little volleyball, too. <laughs> well, let me type that in. Volleyball coach. You know, I mean, that, that sounds like me back in my classroom days. You just did a little bit of everything. I just had a little everything. I never did get the, the, the sweet recognition and awards. But, you know, <laughs> we all are where we're supposed to be in life. So tell us, you know, kind of go a little bit more into your journey through the profession. 
Well, um, I actually received my undergraduate degree from the University of Kentucky in December of 2003. Um, did not get my first teaching gig until 2006. And as a matter of fact, the school that I student taught at is currently the school I am teaching at. And that's where I've been for my past, going on, this is the start of my 15th year at Beaumont Middle School. Um, soon afterwards, I received a master's degree in library science from Eastern Kentucky University. So I can dabble in the library if I wanted to. I know that seems odd. Yeah, look on oh, your no, face. That's, like, a, that's, 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 hey, that's, a, that's not too often I hear a physical educator also, you know, in the librarian studies. I like to read. Studies. I enjoy reading. So that was another avenue I decided to explore in my higher ed um, exploration. Um, let's see, I started in the health room my first three years of teaching and then went split half and half, so half PE, half health. And then eventually for the past thir so 12 years, I've been nothing but physical education all day, every day. Best way to be, right? It's, it's, uh, for the kids. It. it's for the kids and us. That's the one thing I miss about being in the classroom is I don't get that built in, you know, physical activity. I kind of have to make up things here and there, buy a treadmill, go outside for oh, a walk. Yeah. Whereas when you're in the classroom, you you get those those steps easy. You hit uh, 10,000, yeah. 15,000 a given day. <laughs> so you said 15 years, 15 years at your middle school. Um, Obviously, when you first started, looks a lot different or feels a lot different from what it is right now. So how has teaching been, you know, this school year during this pandemic? Um, well, speaking of trying to find other avenues, getting those steps in, it's more difficult to do that now since we're in the pandemic. So I've shifted from teaching at school at the start of the pandemic to now just being at home teaching the entire time through the pandemic. But I actually, when I went into this, I knew I still wanted to give my students a sense of normalcy. So this, the students that I have had, the current seventh and eighth graders, they understood my daily routine of PE. You come in, you check in with your clicker, you know, we got an intro activity, we got fitness focus, we got a lesson focus, and we have a closure. And I did not want to lose that with them. So even teaching in the pandemic, we still follow that same four part lesson. Sixth graders, they don't know any different because this is new to them, but we still follow that same four part lesson. And I knew I hit the gold mine when I had my first eighth grader reach out to me and say, Miss Porter, this feels exactly like I'm in your gym. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I want for these kids. So from start to finish, I have 50 minutes a day and I see uh, kids twi twice a week. So we're A day, B day. So I have a class load of about over 225 kids and we go 50 minutes from start to finish and they are moving and they are learning and they seem like they're happy to be there so that lets me know that i must be doing something right and so when we transition back to in person nothing will change these kids will know they still have to check in with the clicker they still are going to have an intro they're still going to have a fitness they're still going to have a lesson and they're still going to have a closure every single time they come to pe and that's what i wanted them to gain out of this so some sort of normalcy whether we're virtual or if we're face-to-face. -face. You know, that's that's amazing you said that, you know, or just how you're doing it right now is to create that consistency in the virtual environment that can then translate to when. And I love how you said when we are back in person because we know, you know, our best work is done when we have those students, you know, not just 
being physically active, but building those relationships, which matters so much. So I definitely, I definitely, that sounds great what you're doing. I love the positive aspect of win. I circled that right there. Um, is there any plan on, you know, as much as you can go into it, is there any plan on when that, when that win is for you? <laughs> Uh, well, for us, it might be a little bit. I know the way that the models work here in my district, uh, the matrix that they use, I think the first transition for in-person will be those little ones. So like K2 would probably be the first ones to actually be back in the building. So for middle school, I don't know how long that will be, but it's looking optimistic because our numbers are actually going down for the first time in like a month because we've been so high the whole month of January. So we got a good positive report from our board just yesterday. So hoping, hoping soon we can at least get back in the building so I can at least see the kids in person rather than through the Zoom screen. Yeah, for sure. It's vaccine season and we want those kids back, but we also want them back safely. So all power to you as that process works itself out. So the big, the big reason I had you on, you know, I saw something amazing that you put on on Facebook and I was like, you know, I got to get her on and, you know, your name has already been floating around, you know, in the shape world. So eventually the time would come and, you know, we, we hit each other up uh, beforehand on Facebook, like, you know, 2020, uh, just like, hey, you know, eventually we got to connect. So, you know, now the time is now, but. Um, I want to talk specifically about the MLK March activity you created, and <laughs> I told you as I was asking you to be on, when I, when I watched it, when I finally got the chance to sit down and watch it, I cried and I marched at the same time because it's just, I mean, not even, you know, not even when I was in the classroom, to have that creativity to create, to create a resource that represents a marginalized group and it'd be a physical activity, you know? So, you know, tell us, tell the audience about that MLK March you created and just the inspiration behind it. Obviously there's plenty of inspiration behind it, but you know, what, what was that process like in developing it? Well, um, I remember having this conversation a while back with a couple of peers about um, the standards. So teaching the national standards and of course our Kentucky core academic standards. And they said, well, how in the world do you fit in diversity in your standards when it's not really in the standards? And I was like, well, as a PE teacher, it's up to me to look out in my space, the kids that I teach, and look at their faces and ask myself, what is it that I can do to make sure that every student in my class is represented? And so back in November or October of November of last year, I did the same kind of thing with uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. And then I thought to myself, well, here's January and we have this MLK, MLK day. What can I do to teach my students why this day is the day that it is? So that's when I started doing some research with the, the history.com that you talked about um, earlier in the podcast. And that's when I seized the opportunity. So I did some research, looked at uh, some of the, the events that surrounded uh, Martin Luther King. And I was like, okay, well, I can take this March on Selma and I can somehow recreate it to where my students are actually almost like they're participating in the march and making it a little physically active and give them some information about the significance of the march. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep this going. I'm gonna make this entire lesson, not just a snippet of my lesson, the entire lesson about the significance and the contributions of MLK. So then that's when I went into the, um, the Dear Martin, the song that I had them exercise to, and every time they heard Martin or Dr. King or MLK, 
then they had to demonstrate some type of fitness activity. And then I kept it going with the, uh, the actual lesson focus in which the kids had to demonstrate to me through an ed puzzle how much they had learned just listening to the march on the march from North Montgomery to Selma, I'm a Selma to Montgomery. And then again, when they heard the Dear Martin song. So to me, it was could be a good moment just to, you know, put in all that information for them to learn about Martin Luther King and then in turn still make it something that is for physical education. I even did the mindful minute. The mindful minute was a snippet of the I have the dream speech so that the kids can just listen as they are breathing and kind of feel the power of that speech that he was generating to the people that day at the at Washington DC. So it was to me pretty powerful lesson. I'm very proud of that lesson considering, you know, I had to make it from scratch and I hope that the people that I shared it with that on Twitter and out on Facebook get as much joy out of it as I did and as much information that my kids gained out of it. I hope they in tune get the same thing. And you know, I can tell, you know, I gauging the reactions on social media, you know, it was just an absolutely amazing resource. But you, you know, you said you touched on something. You said you kind of used that um the speech, Martin Luther King Jr. speech as a mindful moment or a mindful minute. I might actually have to take that one for myself. I'm gonna put that down for my uh for my own little routine, my own exercise routine. Um and you know the community respond. You know our health and physical education community responded uh, with all love for what you created. But you know, let's go back to the students. How did the students? You know, how did they respond to it? How did the families? You know, I'm pretty sure it had to have been shared with families and mm -hmm. your administrators. How did how did everybody within your you know your circle your community respond to this? Well, I know um, my professional learning community. I'm a, an island of one because I'm the only PE teacher in my building. So I often reach out to a, a, a colleague who's also our Kentucky State president, and she teaches all the way in Louisville, which is like 90 miles from Lexington. And so I was brainstorming this activity with her, and I shared this lesson with her as well so she could do it with her elementary school kids, which was, this was what's great about this activity. It could be K through 12. So you can, of course, downplay some of the information depending on the grade level. But then when I shared this with my administration, and um, I, of course, shared it out on um, Twitter and Facebook, and then just getting the feedback from the parents, because I have parents that are at home with the kids as well, and for them to, to hear that lesson and to see that lesson and considering what the topic was about, I was so impressed with how well the kids took it in. I was even impressed with some of the emails that I received from the parents, like, it was an awesome lesson. I found myself even, you know, engaging in the activities with my, my student as well. So I thank you. I appreciate you making the PE so interesting and so fun and just an amazing experience for my student, for the students, especially for, you know, again, sixth grade, they don't know anything better, anything about middle school PE. So this is what they get. And for them to say, oh my gosh, this was so fun. I was like, oh, well, you think virtual is fun. Wait till we're in person. <laughs> so I got a lot of positive response just on that lesson alone which i'm very thankful for and you know you, you you mentioned you spoke on those sixth graders a couple of times and you know this is their first experience and you know it, it's 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 so important to give though our younger those younger ages you know especially the sixth graders as they transition to middle school and those ninth graders as they transition to high school but to give them those experiences those positive experiences health and physical education because we want them 
a, you know, a good group of them to become our future health and PE totally. teachers, right? Our coaches. So we got to give them those good experiences. We want those, those are our future professionals right there. So if you could give them positive experiences like that, and on top of that, make sure you're representing different cultures and groups, then sure, you know, we're, we're in a good space as far as health and physical education goes. In, in the next part of the 21st century post-pandemic. So you are a champion. You're a champion in health and physical education. You're a champion in the cause for equity, especially through your work. So what can teachers do? What can other health and physical education teachers do that listen to this? What can they do to promote inclusivity, cultural relevancy, all, you know, all those key words when it comes to you know, education? So again, like I touched on earlier, I mean, if you just look at the student population that you serve, that right there is your answer. What can you do? What, how can you teach so that you can make sure that everyone is represented in your lesson? So it doesn't always have to be. So yeah, if you want to teach about basketball, okay, fine, talk about basketball, but also talk about some of the other cultures that contributed to the game of basketball or what you, that, that along that lines. So I'm always buying to find something different because I'm always outside of the box anyway when it comes to teaching. So I take that moment so that I can actually represent all of my kids because I have a very, very diverse population. So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, what can I do to you know, make sure that my Asian population is represented in my lesson? So that's next on my list. So I'm gonna be researching some things about that and see how I can embed it in whatever it is that I'm teaching so that I make sure that they are also represented in the lessons as well. So that's what I, tell, I would tell them to do. Just look at your population and even if your population is lacking that of diversity, you can still seek out the information and figure out a way to embed it within whatever you are teaching so that your kids can experience that and actually be accepting of populations that are different than their own. It's a great point right there. When I, uh, the last classroom I taught in, the last school I was at was an international baccalaureate school. So when you say, you know, look at your population, I literally had, I had, you know, refugee students from Africa, you know, South America. So it was very, you know, it was a very diverse classroom. But the one thing, and you kind of said it is, you know, sports, a lot of our sports are global sports. You know, basketball isn't just the NBA. It's, you know, it's Absolutely. in China, it's in Japan, it's in Europe, you know, and a lot of our, some of our great athletes come from those countries to the National Basketball League. Um, we basketball too, so. Exactly. Here where I live in mid-Missouri, here at the campus of Mizzou, they have a wheelchair basketball team, you know, that's pretty successful. So exactly the inclusivity part right there as well. Um, but also, also, you know, we can always capitalize on the fact that this is an Olympic year. Yep. And, you know, I know a lot of teachers kind of do Olympic activities, but how can you then take that and talk about those cultures behind those activities, those yeah. different groups that are represented in these activities, and, yeah. you know, things like that, just to kind of, you know, add on to what you're saying and give people more ideas and more to think about. And hopefully we're fortunate this year to have the Olympics. You know, we mm -hmm. didn't get it in 2020, so cross our fingers we get it this year because I need some sports to watch Who are you uh, in the summer, right? I, I, I need my Olympics, you know, it's always good to just kind of, chill out on the couch for days and hours on end watching the Olympics. So yeah, okay. So 
resources and i'm going to tap into your your librarian brain because for the first time we have we have our first pe teacher slash librarian in the house so give our audience give our audience some books you know some resources they can read to you know support best teaching practices in health and physical education or equity and teaching and health and physical whatever i i, I just wrote down book recommendations i'm i'm writing down whatever you say past this point your top oh, three oh my goodness uh, for book recommendations for just equity and oh my you know well, just education and equity pe all that health and pe all that well, I, I said top three give us give us your top three well one of my main go-to um that i use and i try to tweak things out of it is spark of course because i have the middle school um folio so i try to uh use information from that to help develop some of my fitness and my intro activities. Um, also dabble a little bit in dynamic phys ed by uh, Pam Garazzi, of course. So um, I use some of those activities in there as well. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at some uh, bookshelf here. Um, I've also used PE metrics as well. And, and I actually got that from, um, EPEW when I went to that conference and somebody recommended that book and I was like, oh, let me look that up. So I grabbed that as well. And my other go to, of course, it's in my book bag, which is in the front. Uh, Physical Best is my other favorite one as well. And because I like to use um, a lot of worksheets to accompany in the virtual setting to under make sure that my kids are understanding the topics that we're discussing, especially when it comes to fitness, health-related fitness. And I always, 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 always reach out to our current school media librarian so she can pull books for me like she did for me when I did the uh, Black History Month bingo activity, which I put that out there on Twitter and Facebook. Right. I just night. saw that one. I just saw yeah. that one. I'm, I'm so she pulls. <laughs> Yeah, she pulls books for me so that I can make sure that I get information, relevant information, up-to-date information. So I highly encourage health and PE teachers, don't be scared to reach out to your school media librarian because they are there for that reason, to help you with resources that you may need for developing your lesson plans or for extra information you wanna put in your lesson plan. So there's my spiel. <laughs> And that's good for current and future professionals. You went, you basically went down the list of GOAT PE resources right there <laughs> throughout print. Grazi PE, metrics, physical best. Those, yeah, those are definitely GOAT status PE resources. So Especially great not, to use in a pandemic, FYI. <laughs> there you go. Pandemic resources by uh, PE teacher slash librarian LaDonna Porter. I don't even know what to call you. Uh, coach <laughs> librarian Porter. I this one. <laughs> I have to see, you know, I have to see your closet, your uh, PE closet now. I bet it's got a little bit of everything. It's oh, got well, yes, the one in my and books everywhere, right? Great. <laughs> but once again, hopefully, you're able to be back in there soon. So, Ladonda, before I let you go, do you have any last words for the audience and how can we follow you? Well, um, as always, if you see anything that I put out there, don't hesitate to reach out shoot me a tweet at lporterpe. I'm also on the Facebook page of PE Central as well, LaDonda Shear Porter. So again, if you have an idea that to make my lesson better, I'm all ears because I love good criticism. Well, any criticism, whether good or bad, because it only makes us better if it's bad. So 
if you have anything you want to add on to anything that I've sent out, or if you have any questions about any things, or if you like, how can I make this come to fruition? I got you. So hit me up at L Porter PE on the Twitter or LaDonda Shear Porter on Facebook. And there it is. She got you. Coach LaDonda Porter, librarian slash coach. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the podcast to our listeners. We appreciate you. We'll put some of those books uh, on the page, the episode page that she recommended. And to everybody, thanks for listening and take care. Thank you to coach and librarian LaDonda Porter for sharing these amazing resources and activities and for helping put Black History Month and culturally responsive teaching into perspective for our audience so that all students feel valued. As always, please take the time to share your feedback and rate, review, and subscribe to the Shape America podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast was made possible through the national col collaboration to promote health, wellness and academic success of school-aged children, a 1601 cooperative agreement with the Dissenters for Disease Control and Prevention.